Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. Hey, this is Josh. Andrew forgot who he was. That's well, <laughs> no, it was my cue. It's been a while, you know. I've so. been here for a while. Yeah, maybe so you long. get bumped to saying your name third yeah. at this point. I don't know. <laughs> or not at all. <laughs> yeah, these are all good. How's your uh, stand-up? Uh, it's going pretty good. I've only done it 10 times now. Well, that's still 10 times more than I have. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's insane. So I did Yuck Yucks last week. Their new location at Biagio's Restaurant on Richmond Road. So it's in the basement of Biagio's Restaurant. So it's a cool spot. And yeah, I did pretty well for a newbie. Well, you're like veteran now. I mean, after 10, or I don't know how that works. I guess you're still new, but you're like veteran new <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I still feel new. Yeah. Can you get the punch card? Yeah, that's that's what he's working on. They towards. say it takes like seven, eight years to truly become a comedian, like a seasoned pro. So, Damn, you know, that's a I lot. Still got a long way to go. <laughs> still, though. But one year is pretty amazing. Well, but that also like it probably depends on how many like if you're like consistently doing shows every month kind of thing. I would imagine yeah. like you're not doing that for eight years and you're like, OK, finally. Now that would be just hundreds of shows. Uh, that math's not right. But anyway, don't look into it. Yeah. It's like anything. You need your 10,000 hours. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You got to suck at it for a while. <laughs> You're good, um, though. Like, you've been sending me your bits, and other people have been telling me about it, too. And it's like, oh, really? I, yeah. I've never not laughed at your act, which I have not yet seen live. I also like to laugh, but I've seen a lot of bad comedy as well. Where yeah, I'm me just too. Like, You're, it's, that's not funny. But I was like, you always have. I can't even describe it exactly. There's always good punchlines I'm not expecting or like it goes in a direction oh, I wouldn't thanks. expect it. Yeah, you're definitely not bad at all. I think you're actually quite good at it. Oh, thank you. Well, I've written some... I'm on kind of a roll with the writing. I've written some new stuff that eager to try out, so... That's the biggest thing, and it sounds like such basic advice, but whether you're in a band or you want to be an artist or a comedian... just Or a juggler. Or a juggler, <laughs> a fire breather. Just doing it is half the battle because yeah. there's so many people... It's this horrible cliche of, oh, I'm a writer. I'm working on a screenplay. And that screenplay is being worked on for 20 years. And they never submit it to anybody. (laughs) They never try to get an agent. They never take a class. Never finish it. Never finish (laughs) it. Never finish it. Yeah. Yeah. So anytime I see a stand-up or a band at Targ or some indie artist at a Comic-Con selling their wares, it's just impressive. That's the most impressive thing. Because there's so many people who would not have gotten to their 10th time on an open mic night or whatever. That's a big thing. Like, that's a big thing of just getting your project done. Like, nothing forced Lee to do Enter the Drag Dragon. For except three years. For three years <laughs> during COVID, except for him doing it. Yeah. yeah. And he could have given up, you know, because, well, with COVID, you know, that's a reason to be like, ah, this isn't going to work. Well, it's easy to give up, too. It's, I mean, yeah. it's, sad, it's sad to say, but it's so, when I mean, you're just like, ah, I don't know, I'm at home, you know, I could just, I could just watch TV or whatever, you know, it's so easy to fall. Maybe I'm just describing myself, but it's just so easy <laughs> to fall into that pattern. Although on the plus side, at least Lee has a lot of encouraging people around him, like yeah. ourselves included, you know, that are willing to help or at least be encouraging. So like, that's a big part of it, too, because I've been in bands where I'm like the one guy who's like, okay, let's practice Thursday at 9 p.m. Okay, is everybody ready? Okay. And then the one guy doesn't show up. Oh, my God. Or if you're lucky, over. one guy, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> or he's doing comedy, you know, the night before. That didn't happen. But it's very hard to be the one, the linchpin for all of this, making people care as much as you do. Well, with comedy, it's just you, you know, and mm-hmm. you have to be your own, you know, you have to do everything yourself, learn on your own, and you have to be your own motivating force. So I listen to Andy Richter's podcast, and he's had a number of stand ups on, and he has said this over and over again. He's done stand up, he's never liked stand up, he doesn't like doing it now. He comes from the improv world. Yeah. 
So he likes having someone to riff off of. And also then you have somebody to fail with, you know, it's not all (laughs) on you. Yeah. When you're up there all by yourself, you either get all the praise or you get pointed at of, well, that wasn't very good. Yeah. Even someone like him, who's been in the comedy business for decades, I think he really liked being the sidekick. He really mm-hmm. liked yeah, being... Yeah, well, he's really good at it. Yeah. yeah. He's and, probably the best yeah. and the there last. ever was. Yeah. I would say, like, yeah, I always loved their banter, you know, like, their chemistry is so good. And he's funny on his own. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's not like he always needs somebody. No, like, you look at Andy Richter and you look at Ed McMahon, and Ed McMahon is clearly... I don't know how he got that job. I think he was an announcer, maybe, versus a comedian. Yeah. But Ed McMahon, he's Ed McMahon. Andy Richter, you see him acting in sitcoms or movies or animated movies. He's clearly got skill. I think Ed McMahon was kind of more of the archetype joke that was on the Larry Sanders show. Hey, now. Yeah, like a fame-starved announcer who got bigger than his talent, kind of. And he always had to do those commercial pitches yeah, for the, yeah, yeah. the garden weasel. Yeah, I never saw Andy doing any commercials. Oh, I wish. He'd be great at that. Well, Ed McMahon, he did commercials, didn't he? Oh, forever, yeah. He also did the, uh, what was that scam? Hey, we're sending you a letter in the mail and you've won a million dollars. Oh, the Publisher Clearinghouse. Oh, what, yeah, he did that. Yeah, he? that sounds like him. What'd you have to do? <laughs> do you have to like, subscribe to magazines or something? Yeah, yeah something It like just that. goes on and on because I remember like we used to get those all the time. I feel like you reply and then it just kind of goes they drag it on and on and on yeah at some point you're subscribing to whatever you know magazine readers digest probably which i think we did at some point but we never got the million dollars so i'm not sure how that million copies of readers digest but no money we're not good at this when i was younger back when tv guide was still a thing a number of times i would subscribe to tv guide when i was a teenager (laughs) because there'd be an ad in the paper or something like that saying free six weeks or free three months and then after that, you got to pay. And I would just take the first six weeks and then just, oh, wrong address. I put <laughs> Bruce Banner on that. This is not here anymore. Oh my, and they kept sending them? You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's been a few years. They won't remember my scam. So I think the statute of limitations has passed on that. But Or this is a little before my time, but the Cassette of the Month Club or the cassette of the oh, Columbia House. Yeah, yeah. House. We did the MBMG had one as well. Like did both of those. And again, yeah, I mean, that was like... I don't know. I mean, it's a scam, I guess. We scammed them. That was always the thing. Did people you were like, ever oh. buy a full price CD? I actually did. Whoa. I mean, a lot of other people didn't. Like, But then their plan was like, oh, I'll get them sent to a different address and then just go pick them up. What address? Like, <laughs> is it just someone's house? and you Your grandma's hope- house. Yeah, yeah. You, you hope you'll get there before them or something like that, you know, or like they'll never notice. Yeah, my grandmother wants the new uh, NWA. <laughs> oh, man. If only. And that was the thing. I did buy BMG and Columbia House and I did pay because you have to buy, I don't know, like two at full price or something like that, whatever it is, you know, which was like... Like twenty four ninety nine, or which was like a normal regular price at that time for older stuff. Like twenty four ninety nine, you're like, oh yeah, that's normal. And now we're just like, oh, that's insane. Yeah, like that was just this ongoing thing where like I was like, I can't think of another one. And you don't, and you're a kid too, so you don't even really know music that well. And you're just like, I've heard of this band, you too. Like, do I like them? I don't know. Like, I'll just order. It's it's a penny. I don't think they do that anymore, right? Nah. No, because everything's like digital well, no, now. Wouldn't, yeah, not that I know. I was gonna say they should do it with records, but I mean the shipping would be horrible. Yeah, that's kept me from buying a couple of cool things lately where it would be some cool record or cool for me, like the Ninja (laughs) Turtles original score. And it's something reasonable, like 25 bucks. But then you go, oh, wait, that's American. So now that's 
35 bucks yeah and then you're like oh what shipping is 40 dollars and then i'm just like i'm not buying a 90 dollar album no and even if you get it imported if you went to i don't know compact or wherever yeah. like that's they're still gonna have it's an import still you yeah know? so like you won't pay shipping quote unquote but you're still gonna be paying i don't know 50 dollars or more <laughs> too expensive yeah and you don't really need it even though you do really need it no and especially nowadays where it's tough because there's that collector part of your dna mm-hmm but then there's a logic of Gwen has a subscription to Spotify and a ton of that stuff is just on Spotify. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like if I had 100% disposable income and a house with a giant <laughs> basement, I would buy the fancy special edition of the John Carpenter albums. Ooh. But they're on Spotify, so I can just listen to them because she has a subscription. So I've had a few like that. Like even when the Shooting Guns did, I think it was Nosferatu a couple of years back here. Oh yeah, and then they did a vinyl release for that, and I was like, oh my god, that'd be amazing. But then they also did a digital release that also came with the movie that synced up to the soundtrack or whatever, like as a bonus kind of thing. Which was one of those. And, you know, we're not selling you the movie, we're selling you this. But hey, you bought the album, so here's a fun bonus. I wanted the vinyl in a way because I was like, oh, it's cool and it's vinyl, but it wasn't even a bad price. It was like. I I don't know 40 bucks or something like that but then i was just like how many times am i going to throw on the shooting gun score yeah. <laughs> to nosferatu on vinyl oh yeah i'm putting on side three now with the like eerie noises it's awesome it's really good but now that i have the digital version of that i can just skim through realistically is this a good use of money and, and I, I couldn't convince myself that it was nothing says dinner at the in-laws for Hanukkah, like <laughs> oh. the Nosferatu score on vinyl. Man, and you know, and get your tickets limited. to Nosferatu now. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, you uh, should. Is it events.com? And it's not even shooting guns yes. doing it this time, I don't think. No, it's something else. We've got such this crazy lineup that was not <laughs> planned. I will look it up so I yeah, give yeah. him a plug. He needs I, to. Know. I should know these but things. But within a few weeks, we have a group that has been here before, and they're doing this weird double bill of 1920s oh yeah surrealism uh how do you say the title the Boonwow film with the eyeball yeah oh, you know yeah. the the scene that you you see in art history class or in <laughs> film class where it was really the first horror and yeah. it's fake but people didn't know what was yeah, going on people are stupid they don't know and it's still gross but it's like yeah it's a razor blade to the eyeball and that's gross now so back yeah. in like 1920 that must have had people running from the cinema, you know? But... Oh, apparently people were, like, throwing stones at them or yeah, something. Yeah, witchcraft. Oh, witchcraft. It's going to happen again. That's awful. So there's that. Then there's Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah, get hyped for that thing that is horrible to watch. And then there's Suspiria. So we have three live bands accompanying films on our screen within a couple weeks of each other. Yeah, that's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see, especially something like Nosferatu that's had so many different soundtracks over the year. Like, a lot of people swear by the Typo Negative one, which I, I haven't heard their soundtrack, but apparently it was quite good. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, I still think that undertaking of coming up with a live score and then playing it live and getting it quote-unquote right... I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't imagine even starting to piece that together. And like, I mean, I make music. That's like an hour, 10 minutes, however long it is. I'm like, how the hell can you even, you want everything to go right and you remember all the pieces? That is that is amazing to me. And you can't stop. Like I've seen yeah. live bands where something screws up or they interrupt the song for a bit of interaction with the crowd or something. Mm. But when you're hooked up to a movie, <laughs> we could pause the movie oh my god. but that kind of puts a clunk on the night you just gotta keep going oh my god i couldn't imagine that they're like oh this is a really good part here uh this is the part where nosferatu is walking up the <laughs> stairs you're like okay can we just watch it or why are we talking about this death ships will be 
the musicians. Oh, that's the, a cool the name, name of the band performing for in front Nosferatu. Of Nosferatu, October. Oh, there's two dates. Yeah, two nights. Twenty first and twenty second. It's a Friday and a Saturday, I think. Tickets available now. Pretty sure that's right. And then the other one is Saturday, November fifth, and that's Fall of mm. the House of Usher. Oh yeah. The English translation is an Andalusian dog, but mm. it's Unche Andalou. And yeah. that's the crazy one with the eyeball. The eyeball. Is eyeball playing second or is eyeball first? Eyeball is first because that's okay. a, that's like a 12 or 14 minute short. And you get it over and with. And then the features <laughs> an hour or whatever. Everything was short back then. so. And that's right before the Mike Flanagan House of Usher comes out, I think. Or is that oh, already God, come I out? Even, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I can't even remember if that, what state that's It'll at. probably be before because I think it's coming out before Halloween. Yeah. One would think. I just remember these things and then lose track of them and then they appear. And I'm like, oh, great. Kind of like our slate of October, November stuff where I'm just like, oh, it's too much stuff. Too much stuff. Well, I keep missing stuff because I'm either working or whatever. People nicely complain that we have too many good movies. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I get in for free and I don't get to come see everything. (laughs) I've missed a couple lately that I just been busy elsewhere, but I'm trying to catch a movie or two a week. But we've got so much coming up and still surprises to come. But like we're right now, we're wrapping up our Charlie Chaplin Film Fest Mm -hmm. and they look so good yeah oh my god and last night i was working and a couple excellent parenting had a really young kid she must have been four five years old to come and see our charlie chaplin movie last night modern times and as they were leaving i just was like is this her first movie because she looked really young and they said it's her second movie both were charlie chaplin films here (laughs) in the mayfair was she silent like in honor of the movie or (laughs) well she was great she the mom said, what'd you think of the movie? And the kid didn't go like, oh, it was great. Like the kid <laughs> seemed to really like it and then thanked me, said, thanks for showing the movie. And then my dead Grinch heart grew three sizes <laughs> too big. But that's good parenting that when your first two movies are two Chaplin movies at the Mayfair, when you go to see Minions 4 at the multiplex, <laughs> you're going to be like, what's this garbage? Oh, man. <laughs> and then you were happy for two seconds and someone's like, are you getting nope? And you're like, ah, we don't know. Get off my back. <laughs> it never stops. What are you playing tonight? It's on the marquee. And you were just out there marqueeing. You saw nothing. Yeah, but <laughs> technically, I just saw you with a ladder. I didn't actually see you do anything. So you might have just been pretending he, to he work. He was just testing the ladder to see if it was I, I working. Can yeah. confirm nor deny that Andrew walked in and said that I might have misspelled country on the marquee last night. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> nothing, nothing like I didn't use a K or anything. I'm not even going to ask how you misspelled it out of fear because <laughs> no, it's just, a family podcast. <laughs> In my, I didn't even think of that. In my my exhaustion, I just no. Forgot, he was missing the end. I just oh, forgot okay. the end. Even better. So it was county. My, my country. Co- co- God, God's country. God's country. Which it does sound like it could be the name of a place too, or something that I don't know about. Like I'm not that that yeah. worldly, you know. Like it could be. Anything. God, yeah. If I had forgotten the R, then it just would have been God's county. That would have just been something else. <laughs> that's not bad either. Like yeah. that's pretty close. Like people might, you know, they're not going to be mad because not that many people know. You know, they're just coming to see a movie. That's always the best. I can't remember the example, but there was once years ago where I left, walked around the corner to unlock my bike, was biking past, looked at the marquee, and it was something like I put the N backwards in alien, you know? And I just went, (laughs) oh. And I knew I could have just left it and the world would have kept on spinning. But I stopped and came back and unlocked the doors and got the ladder and did the thing. I love those. There was one that Melissa did, and I have a picture. I'll never remember what it was. If you look quickly, you wouldn't notice, but it was just off by a letter, but it made it just a ridiculous Uh word. And I was like, 
It was like Mordecai or something like that. I don't know if we ever actually did we right. play Mordecai. I don't, I don't think so. Or Mordecai, to be clear. I was not going to say anything because I thought it was funny. But then I was like, nah, I better text Melissa just to give her the option. I, I'm pretty sure she changed it immediately, but I had a good laugh. I got some, not complaints, but when I put this marquee up on social media, it was when we were doing a lot more of the private messages during lockdown. And somebody sent in a message, and it was in French, and I'm not great at French. Oh, no. Uh, no, I, I put the message up, and then people were like... You spelled country wrong. You spelled this wrong. <laughs> and then I looked at the thing they sent me, and it was the same. And I emailed them, and I said, did I do something wrong? And they were like, no, no, it's good. So I don't know if it was slang that somebody mm. was mad about or so the person that asked for it didn't complain it no was some other and random. i double checked and okay. they were fine but it was two different people on facebook <laughs> said oh it was God. wrong then i was like is it wrong because of slang because why would they care yeah also <laughs> too they paid you <laughs> too like point. even if it was wrong they paid you for a service which you provided yep and and then i got you know i was like oh no so i made sure <laughs> and they were like no it's fine oh and, no and it was something like some French inside joke or slang or something. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, Andrew. Why do they care? Why? <laughs> like, it's so weird. Slow news day. It must yeah. be like a snobby kind of thing, though, where you're just like, ah, uh, clearly a person English did this because yeah. it is incorrect. Yeah, speaking of, I'm putting up a message tonight, which works well because I'm working. I don't usually work this much, but I'm working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'm putting up a private message for someone tonight. And that works well because I don't got to come back in the morning. Perfect. I could just leave it up overnight and then put up our showtimes tomorrow. And there's some logic of being like, we need our showtimes up there. But I've also noticed a lot of people don't even look. Yeah. Like the amount of people who walk in the front door and then go, is Modern Times tonight? And my brain is like, you just walked by a little mini poster in the front window and the marquee and our little old timey bulletin board. And they didn't notice any of that. Do they think the marquee is just loose advertising yeah. for, for stuff we're playing this week? Because that's the only thing that makes sense. They're just like, oh, yeah, no, that's just up for, like, eventually. That's three things they'll be playing at some point, you know? Rocky Horror, <laughs> Army of Darkness, and Die Hard. Oh, man, I had to, speaking of Rocky Horror, I had to explain to my 19-year-old coworker who I've mentioned oh, before. Yeah. It's never a dull moment. He'll know stuff and then not know other stuff. It's crazy. Like, he's a big fan of Andre 3000, but he's never heard of Outcast. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. But he, I can't even, that's broken my brain too much to even figure that one out. I'm like, I don't even know how you've heard of him, but not Outcast. Anyway, not the point. So I was trying he's to. He's a big Randy Bachman fan, oh, but God. has never heard of Bachman <laughs> he, Turner over He would, I, I wouldn't even guess what he's heard of in regards to like rock music prior to 2000. But I was trying to explain Rocky Horror to him. Well, long story short, I was talking about the podcast and Sam wanted to be on it to talk about Rocky Horror Shadowcast. And I was like, right. oh my God, okay. So the Shadowcast is people who dance around the screen. And then I was like, oh, okay, wait, Rocky Horror is a thing where people dress up. And I had to go back because I was like, have you heard of Rocky Horror Picture Show? Like, I don't expect you would have, but maybe you've heard the name and he hadn't. So I tried to explain that. And I was like, it's kind of like The Room. And, and I was like, have you heard of The Room? I was like, okay, you haven't. <laughs> have you heard of The Disaster Artist? Yo, you haven't. Okay. Have you heard of James Franco? Like, I'm just trying to pick anything. And so... Have you heard of Dave Franco? <laughs> I did. I mentioned that too. No, still, I don't know why I thought that would help. But no, that he's not heard of the Franco family at all. And so the only thing that he did know was oh hi mark he was aware of that and so of all that he's never heard of tommy he's never heard of the room rocky horror Shadowcast, any of that stuff outcast you know Shadowcast. he doesn't know cast <laughs> at all and then that was i was like okay so he knows that one meme 
so then I'm like, okay, well, that's a point of reference at least. And I was just, I was just trying to explain this thing. And I was like, okay, people yell and then they throw spoons. I was like, I know, I know this is absurd. Saying it out loud to someone who has no idea what you're talking about. It sounds absurd. You're trying to see a movie and people are yelling and stuff. And I was like, believe me, people come 60 times. People just keep watching the movie. Again, I know this is insane. I don't know what he thinks of it anymore. It's kind of fun and also jarring in a way to explain these things to people of a certain age where you're just like, okay, this is kind of kooky, but people like it. Trust me. It's weird. When Disaster Artist came out, it was really big for a second there. Yeah. And I remember there was one week where on Amazon, the room was the number one DVD. The Disaster Artist was the number one biography or some yeah. subsection of bestseller. And the score made it onto the list as weird. well. The room score. At the time, James Franco was on all the talk shows. Mm -hmm. It really hit the mainstream media. And it was the only time that we did a couple of... 9 p.m. screenings. I think two 9 p.m. screenings of The Room. And unlike when we did Rocky Horror during lockdown, we didn't say non-participation. So technically it was still participation, but more grown-ups went. Mm -hmm. So it was this weird mix of it was a lot quieter and you had people going for the first time. And there was a handful of people who were just like movie fans of a certain age. And some people walked out shell-shocked and were like, what was that? Yeah, one woman got really mad at me. She's like, I, I read about this movie and it has quite the reputation and people are yelling and throwing things. I'm like, it would be like going to a hockey game and be mad, being mad when the wave breaks out, you know? Like, yeah. everybody sit down. But it's There's also a hockey game on. Be quiet. It's funny that we're kind of the only way you can see it apart from ordering it from him. My coworker streams a lot of stuff, so he's like, oh, it's on Netflix? And I was like, no, no. actually, you can't stream it anywhere, to my knowledge. No, like, you can order a DVD from Tommy. Yeah. Or here. Or here. You might hear at the candy bar on yeah. Blu-ray. That's true. That's true. And DVD. Imagine he'll do that. I mean, I also <laughs> wouldn't be like, oh, if you're curious, buy it, you know, at full price. Like, I'm just like, I get it. It's probably not your thing it is interesting you would think by now next year is the 20th anniversary you would think by now somebody especially maybe somebody like tubi or just some channel like that would say yeah we want to buy it from you we want to license it from you yeah i wonder i wonder if anybody has come to tommy to say we want to put it on God, you know, you're not going to put it on Disney Plus or Netflix or Crave <laughs> or HBO or None whatever. Of the good ones. But Tubi, I could see it on Tubi, right? Yeah, like, or, or, or Prime because yeah. they put everything on there. And even like if it was oh, unlimited, yeah. like for a month, it's on Prime streaming only. Like you can't download it or something. Like I don't even know. You'd think that would be another revenue stream. Yeah, I wonder now. I wonder if have to ask that to Greg next time he's here. Yeah. Is, does he know if there was ever an offer to put it on a streaming service yeah. or channel we'll ask him not tommy we'll ask well greg's our <laughs> yeah. go-to he's chill and he likes us we'll, we'll go through him yeah so let us chat about the movies we have upcoming the week of friday september 30th which puts us into halloween month yeah, say it it's the first month halloween, of halloween. month so let's get the highbrow grown-up movies out of the way first jacko no that... <laughs> we're not gonna talk about jacko yet i thought you said highbrow grown-up <laughs> So, our new films this week, one is called Hold Me Tight. It was a Caesar Award nominee Ooh. for Best Actress. The descriptive that popped up is very short. A woman one day simply walks out on her family. Or does she? <laughs> That's it. 
So the twist is that she didn't walk it. That would be amazing yeah. at the end. They're like, oh, I never left. I was in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. This is good. It was up for five Spanish Oscars or yeah. whatever. Is it Spanish? Is that the Caesars or is that yeah, Italian? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always mix that up. It's highly acclaimed. Uh, RogerEbert.com gave it three and a half out of four stars and called yeah. it one of the best films of the year. So I think it's a heavy drama slash mystery. We mm. just booked it. So I haven't even seen the trailer for this yet. So suspicious. Yeah, it's so I, uh, Vicky Crepes. Correct. Um, oh, delicious. Or am I mispronouncing her? <laughs> I mean, uh, crepes are amazing either Sounds way. Sounds good yeah. to me. Vicky Crepes or Crepes? What was she in? Phantom Thread. Oh, yeah. Yes. Which is probably one of the best movies made in the last 20 years, in my opinion. Definitely one of the best about stitching. I would say maybe <laughs> the best about stitching, actually. I have not disliked any PTA movies. Mm-hmm. From both PTAs. All of, well, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, maybe the other one. Yeah, maybe maybe Paul Anderson had a couple that were uh, touch and go. But I stand see. by. I would like <laughs> both Paul Andersons to make a handshake deal to blindly swap a script. And that means Ooh. highbrow Paul gets to direct a Resident Evil movie. And lowbrow Paul gets to direct a Phantom Thread type movie. Or do a From Dust Till Dawn type thing where they oh, switch off. Yeah. That would be amazing. Starts as Phantom Thread, but then they're vampires. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. But they're still doing stitching, like or while they're vampires. Or it starts as Phantom Thread, and then halfway through, Mila Jovich shows up, oh. and it's zombies. Yeah, or they These always are all were good ideas. Know. And then you're not sure if they walked out on their family or not. You're like, "There's this. I love this mystery." I'm sure this is exactly what Hold Me Tight is all about. <laughs> all joking aside, this does sound intriguing, and, yes, I, and yes. I am happy with that mystery. It's I kind of like, like it's. I, I like the. It's better than like a paragraph description, where you're like, okay, all right. Those are the worst. I have to put them up on our descriptive <laughs> sometimes on the website, and they're like four paragraphs long. And I'm like, this is too much. No one's gonna read this. Then our other film this week, an Ottawa premiere, is called Dear Audrey. It's a Canadian documentary. And on Sunday, October the 2nd, the director is going to be in attendance to introduce the film and do a Q&A afterwards. It's a super highly acclaimed movie that's been on the festival circuit about a Montreal filmmaker in his 80s and his wife who has Alzheimer's, and it's about their past and present. It's a heavy documentary, but I have read that it's also filled with lots of cool stories about their past and a lot of hope, so it's not just... Not just 90 minutes yeah. of pure sadness. Some laughs, yeah. I imagine, probably. I didn't realize it was a documentary. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, this is starting to sound a little abstract until you said that it was a documentary at the end. And I'm like, okay. And the director's dropping by, which is always fun yeah. to have a filmmaker in-house. Because I find the filmmakers love this place because it looks like a place you want to screen a movie. Mm-hmm. So that'll be cool. So if you're listening to this in a timely manner, you can come by on the second to catch the filmmaker and... Ask him a uh, cue that he will A. That's amazing. And then maybe he'll stay and uh, watch some Halloween content after. Who knows? Totally. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So uh, give me a second. I'll get this one out of the way first. Then we have continuing our Charlie Chaplin Film Fest with The Great Dictator. Oh, classic. Which is, you know, it's Charlie Chaplin and The Great Dictator. Mm -hmm. I don't got to sell you on that. (laughs) But what's interesting, I find it's two hours and five minutes long. Wow. Which is not super long. But for the time. Yeah. mm, that's like a three and a half hour movie. Yeah. Because definitely. his other films are all like 80 minutes, 65 minutes. So I find that very interesting. I never even noticed that before that that's kind of an epic for 1940. Mm-hmm. That would be like Lawrence of Arabia a couple decades later. And then nowadays with, you know, well, now everything's three hours yeah, long. True. <laughs> it's, it's basically like it's bad if you're not a two and a half hour movie at this point. But it is nice when you get the Josh special, you know, oh. you, you get your 60, 70 minute one. Yeah. I like I like those <laughs> short movies. 
So speaking of, let's hop into Halloween month. Oh boy, what could it be? So I'm going to mention this one first because it's funny. So this one, just as the schedule would have it, it reminds you of Blues Fest sometimes. Because sometimes back when I worked at Blues Fest, you would have a punk band preceded by B.B. King. (laughs) And it wasn't planned that way, but it's just there's three stages and you puzzle piece the act in as you will. So... After that Dear Audrey documentary that I just mentioned. That heavy, potentially heavy documentary. We're showing a double bill of short films from Germany that censored on the marquee will be F the Devil and F the Devil Part 2. Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) Return of the Effer. I forgot about the subtitle. (laughs) Oh, man. You are correct. That's one of the best uh, subtitles possible. I love it when we have swear words on the marquee. (laughs) So does Lee, I feel like. I don't even think we have... Asterix marquee uh, we, uh, tiles. We must have at one time, or maybe they were differently sized, because I remember seeing some weird ones that might have been like the older ones that yeah. we had in the basement or something, where there'd be like a at symbol or something, or like a money sign, or maybe I'm making that up, but I'm pretty God, sure that happened. How much trouble would we get in? <laughs> how soon would someone notice if we just put the full title on the marquee? Or two Ks instead of, I don't know. FV <laughs> KC. Oh, man. Or like P-H. You could do it like P-H-O-Q-U-E, like in French, like a seal. What if the F is backwards and upside down? Well, you might have done that anyway. <laughs> and then Andrew spots it and he's like, ah, you get that ladder again, bud. So these are, this is something. This is from our friends at AGFA once again. And yeah. vinegar syndrome. And vinegar syndrome. Even to me, these were wild. Not wild choices, but just, I was like, what is this? The fact that these are on our screen <laughs> yeah. is nuts. So they're two... 30-minute, 35-minute shorts about kind of a Freddy Krueger kind of thing, I think, where a monster materializes out of VHS tapes and then goes on a killing spree. All right, you got me here. And it's filled with 8-bit sound effects and music. (laughs) Of course. And copyright infringement Freddy Krueger gloves (laughs) and that sort of thing. Supposedly, it's made by a teenager who may have been high on drugs. I don't know. Almost certainly. But the fact that got two half-hour movies out of it or something. Yeah, and, and I'm assuming that they never finished the trilogy, obviously. No, well, and it's from 1990. So I huh. wonder, where are they now? If anywhere. Oh, geez, I, yeah. I guess. Are we doing like a little intermission in between or is it just kind of like back-to-back, don't get up? Don't know. I mean, because it's only a little over an hour, I can yeah. imagine just being like giver all the way through. Yeah. If they were two-hour. And these kind of things I find... You don't mind that it's two half-hour shorts. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, if, if these were two hours and five minutes, you'd be like, oh, God. oh it's a lot. <laughs> I don't think you would have booked it if it was two hours and five minutes. <laughs> it's four hours. Oh, it's my. like, uh, it's like it's a mad, 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 mad world. But yeah, so talk about once in a lifetime come to see it. If you're into weird horror films, this is it. Yeah, I'd never even heard of these. So not to, like, brag or anything like that, but I mean, I've generally at least heard of a title of something like this. I don't even know what the hell these are. So, yeah. <laughs> Those magnificent bastards at Agfa <laughs> and Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, they never stop. So then next we have up, also from Agfa, Agfa Double Dose this week is the long-lost VHS-era video store horror film, Jacko. Yeah, Jacko. Not to Have be you con- seen this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Jacko fan. And I also, this one it has a notorious commentary track with the director, and I think it's Fred Olin Ray who produced it. And so the two of them, they kind of get into it because the director didn't think he got a lot of support, you know, monetarily <laughs> or any, any otherwise. And so they literally argue through the whole commentary track. 
And so I, I cut together a 15 minute best of the commentary track and I put it on YouTube. So <laughs> oh my God, that's been a popular video of mine, you know, so it's just, this is a notorious movie. Like it's, I mean, it's not like good, good, but it's actually much better than its reputation because like, I think like Josh said, you know, it was just like a VHS, not classic and just kind of dumped and, and it's silly in parts, but I honestly think, I mean, obviously I haven't seen this version of it. I'm sure it must look really good now, but I actually really enjoyed it. I watched it to kind of laugh at it or kind of assume that I would laugh at it. But I was like, this is actually entertaining. And I don't really get why everyone seemed to hate it. I'm saying it now. The Jacko Renaissance is happening this year. <laughs> People are going to start to be like, wait, this is fun. And this should be a Halloween tradition. You know, we'll, we'll see. A couple of reviews said that where they were shockingly impressed. And it's added to their Halloween favorite list now. Mm -hmm. And... It's from a technical standpoint, which I love this era that we're in of saving these films. This is a new digital restoration cleanup from the actual original 16 millimeter camera negative. Wow. So I'm sure it's going to look way better than what you watched on VHS. Oh, for sure. Years ago. Well, and even like there was a DVD release, but it was just kind of a budget. Pretty like good special features, but just it looked, you know, like it looked <laughs> like it's yeah. not it's going to look probably amazing here, I think. Well, and that's the business model now, right? Is Agfa puts this out. We screen it a couple times. People come to see it. Some people in that crowd will become fans and then buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. And there you go. And then we get an action figure. I want an action oh, figure. We need it. It's kind of pumpkin head-ish, not just because he has a pumpkin on his head, but I believe it's kind of, I can't fully remember, but it's something like that. I don't know, curse and yeah. guy, pumpkin guys killing people, possibly with a giant scythe. Yes, yes, that's on the poster. Yeah, so there's, it's very fun. It's very fun. It would have been a great cinema choice, but we don't have to have it be a cinema choice because we're playing it. We're going to run out of cinema yeah. because Agfa's putting out so many great movies. <laughs> it's true. And The Babysitter is played by Leanna Quigley. Oh, yeah, true. Who has a special place in my heart because she's in Return of the Living Dead, which when I was like, I don't know, 12, 13, was one of my cornerstone favorite poster, favorite VHS, yeah. favorite video store movie. Ah, I love that movie. And, and you'll be thrilled to know she does have a shower scene in Jacko as well. So I it's, think that's it's... probably, sadly, was in the contract back then. Yeah, but... I think so. It, it continues, you know, the Return of the Living Dead type stuff. So, yeah, so that's two weird Agfa movies. I'd say Jacko on a sliding scale is way more mainstream <laughs> yeah. than the F the Devil uh, franchise. Then, going much more mainstream, we have Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Nice. The new A24 I don't even, like, I mean, people call everything a horror movie. I think this would be, not offensively, be called more of a mystery thriller. Yeah, or like a meta slasher, post-slasher, or something like that. Yeah, there's really good reviews of this movie. I found one that said it's basically kind of like a modern-day Agatha Christie kind of thing. Hmm. And that it is scream for this generation, which makes me feel old, because I'm like, Duh. oh, there's a new generation? I thought I was the generation. Oh, God. So this is... What, if Scream, was Scream Gen X? Yeah, if Scream's yeah. Gen X, this is Millennial Scream. This is Gen, Z, or Gen, Gen Z. Z. There's already another one. Yeah, there's too many. But genuinely, like, great reviews all around. I didn't have any problem finding five-star reviews. This is one that I was like, oh, I might be able to get Gwen to come see this because it's more of a, a murder mystery dark comedy yeah i don't think it's gory like gory monster jumping out at you and honestly the only bad reviews that i saw for it were people who i think thought it was going to be a gory slasher and were mad that it actually that had something to say and was yeah, you know, a movie. yeah and i've heard the actors are great and this always happens when i was in high school this might sound out of left field but when i was in high school alanis became alanis and she was still an ottawa resident more of a pop star back then 
and people turned on her. And even as a kid, I remember being like, so she's singing some pop songs. That's good. Good for her. Who cares? Just don't listen if you don't like it. And I find that happens with music or TV shows. No, it's a cult show. I don't want it to be popular. And A24 has that now where there's, I don't look at them, but yeah. there's people online just blanket. Nah, it's A24. I don't like them. Yeah. And you're like, why? You don't like them? Because they routinely make really good movies over and over and yeah. over again. That was straight up Alanis before Alanis Morissette. That was the yeah. too hot to hold era. You know? It was. You, you were around at the beginning. Yeah, my friend, I think, was actually in class with her. I think I'm the exact same age as her, or maybe <laughs> a year younger. But yeah, I, that was in her, like, you can't do that on television. Oh, man. yeah. Jeez, that's wild. And now, you know, Cage is doing A24 and stuff. I mean, it's to, to get back to the A24 element of this. And I think A24, <laughs> I think I like their model as well of big Hollywood seems to be learning the lesson a bit. For example, like, I really like Black Widow, Marvel Mm -hmm. movie, but it did not need to cost $200 million. No. You look at that movie, and it's a spy movie. The $200 million, I think, was spent on the actors and a few big action pieces. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you know, you could have spent a reasonable $100 million, $75 million, and still made a really good spy movie. Yeah, well, especially when we see stuff like Prey that was, I don't know, less than $20 million, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God, was it? Yeah, and so that's what I like about A24 and Blumhouse, where... I think the budget of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was like $5 million or yeah. something. And then it made $20 million and everyone's happy. You yeah. don't got to worry about making a billion dollars to break even. Seriously. Perfect world. We'd be announcing Hellraiser's playing next week. but Oh, uh, I wish. Sigh. But still, I mean, I guess as movie fans, you know, yes, we're running a cinema as well. But as movie fans, we're supposed to just be happy that good movies from franchises we like are yeah. coming out. But no, we're just mad we can't play I wanted them. to come here first yeah. and then go elsewhere. Yeah, they don't exist till they play here. That's how I look at it. And then we'll mention that we have... I like that it's on Saturday, October 1st, because mm-hmm. we don't have a cinema later in the month because of Rocky Horror and all right. those live acts. Yeah, because it would have been like the 29th or something, I guess. Yeah, or like a band plays at 9.30 and finishes at midnight and then packs up their stuff and in cinemas at 1.30 in the morning. So I don't know. It's but, just me and Andrew there yeah, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a cinema on October 1st. So that counts as a Halloween month cinema. True. And I don't know whether Lee's doing it or you're doing it. I don't know. If it's me, I might play not a horror movie because I think that would be funny. Cause That's it's a like, good idea. It's so expected. October 1st, me, cinema, you know. I've got one in the chamber that's more of, I guess it's supposed to be a romantic comedy, but not really, you know. So People we, would be thrilled or be throwing eggs at you. This is what I'm worried about. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fine line, but I'm usually like, I don't like to take risks with cinema if I can avoid it because I don't want it. Because they know, they see me ahead of time then. So afterwards they're like, hey, it's that guy who picked the bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw popcorn and spoons at him. And for some reason, you're wearing an old-timey pickle barrel. <laughs> yeah. Why am I in a pickle barrel? Oh, God. Or an old-timey, like, the guy who takes you to your seat, you know? Oh, like an usher? The usher, yeah, yeah. of course. Why can't I think of usher? My favorite R&B musician, and I can't even think of his name. Some poor bastard left a message on the machine a couple days ago. Oh, oh no. And he was calling from the front door. And I at believe midnight. Andrew was working oh, that God. night, but... Had gone home yeah, because I left there was a nine o'clock movie and it was over at ten thirty and yeah. then he went home. So someone phoned and left a message on her machine saying, "I'm here for cinema. It's Ooh. it's eleven thirty and all the lights are off. Did you cancel it?" And he left his number. So I called back the next day, didn't get him, and I said, uh, "Hi, this is Josh at the Mayfair." So. I know we have midnight movies sometimes, but we don't have midnight movies every Saturday, and we have a cinema coming up next week, and then the week after that, The Room, and then after that, Rocky Horror. 
so you're a week early for cinema, but just make sure to check the schedule before coming out for that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Maybe he thought it was October 1st because there's a cinema poster on the well, coming Well, it was the soon. last Saturday of the month. Yeah. And we always emphasize that, Dude, even it's... though, you know, sometimes yeah. that won't happen. But then this is tight, right? Because October 1st is, I mean, it's kind of the, the first, first Saturday, Saturday, but it's yeah. last... It's on at 11 p.m. and what'll probably happen is people will show up at midnight. Yeah, yeah. Or 11:30, 11:45. Yeah, people think it's always at midnight. But. No, and I'm always <laughs> careful to say a late, late show. Yeah. Or put in brackets a midnight movie. But it's better if it's not, to be honest, because oh, yeah. I mean it's cool that it is. But for people like catching buses and not yeah. leaving at 1:30, 2 in the morning, you know, it's it's great. Yeah. So yeah, just always check that schedule. Plus, over the summer we did it every two weeks. True. And that might continue because it went well. And yeah. so we'll see. But I felt bad for the guy. But I'm also kind of like, well, you know, just make sure to check. Yeah. Check the marquee while you're and in front of the door. And he was the only one there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. other. Because everyone's already inside, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. So good. Uh, yeah. So that is it. That is our first Halloween week, the week of September 30th. And you can check mayfairtheater.ca, which, of course, we just recommended to get all those showtimes. And we are on social media. Advanced tickets are at events.com. And you can find those links on the website. And we look forward to having you here for some cool Halloween movies all month long. Hooray. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Hopefully uh, soon we can convince Andrew to do comedy to introduce the movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I could do uh, comedy at cinema. Yeah, you're you're a pro by then, right? Mr. Jack will snap your spine, cut you in half with a scaly vine. Dad, a monster's real. A fairy tale born from a legend. A truth more terrifying than the tale. Only one man had the courage to stand against the forces of darkness. But when a secret that lay dormant for nearly a century is accidentally unearthed, a vicious avenger is summoned to fulfill an age-old prophecy. Send us a demon from hell. Then I'll quit before you die. Mr. Jack will steal your eyes. Mr. Jack will. Mr. Jack will. Guided by a vision, the young boy stands between good and evil. Haunted by his family's secret past, he must face and fulfill his destiny. Only Sean can stop this monster. Give us the boy back! Evil lurks in the shadows. Fear has a new soldier. And terror has a new name. Mr. Jack will steal your soul. Jacko.